Hi there, and welcome to episode 7 of the Transforma tu Inglés Profesional podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Smith. Today, I will be talking with Alistair, an amazing coach from my team, all about the expression out of the blue, why the verb to sack someone is mostly used in the UK, the difference between to dismiss someone and to be made redundant, an interesting term called gardening leave, and how to translate alta and baja into English. This podcast is aimed at helping you push your business English communication skills to the next level so that you can grow professionally and achieve your international career goals. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Enjoy! everyone today we're going to be uh, continuing a little bit on from uh, the last episode and the last episode I was telling a story all about the fact that out of the blue I was fired uh, for, from my first job in the UK so as usual Alistair is here to talk with me hi Alistair hi hello how are you I'm fine. I'm fine. So yeah, Good. let's let's just talk a little bit about this expression first of all, out of the blue, before we go on to talk a little bit more about different expressions about how somebody can be let go or dismissed. Let's just talk about that uh, quick expression, out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue is where something happens by surprise, something you're not expecting. So it could be an old friend, an old school friend, university friend you haven't heard from for years, suddenly gets in touch calls you or contacts you in Facebook and it's like oh out of the blue I hadn't had any contact with this person for years and then out of the blue they suddenly sent me a message or called me so something that happens by surprise that you're not expecting I suppose out of the blue you can imagine the is the blue is the sky something just falls out of the sky completely unexpectedly that's I haven't actually looked it up but using my imagination I can I think that's probably the origin of the expression Yes. Yeah, I think so. I certainly, whenever I hear that expression, I certainly think of the sky, and mm. you, we would assume that that is definitely some sort of connection there, right? But it's it's an expression that is kind of useful. Certainly, it's something that that you would hear on a regular basis, right? In the UK, it's not one that is unusual in any way, and it's kind of useful to to understand and to kind of get an idea of what that actually mm. means, because maybe you would be confused by it initially, right? Yeah, I mean, it's very common and somebody could say to you in any context, in a business context, they say, oh, I, I got this email out of the blue or somebody contacted me out of the blue. Mm. So basically something you're not expecting. Exactly. So that, yeah, it is. It's useful to know, and it's it's quite a, it's a very common expression. Yeah, and that was definitely my situation when I was in in you know working in my first job. It certainly wasn't expected at all, and that's why we use that expression. You know, I wasn't expecting to get fired, and uh, in the end, it was completely out of the blue for me. Mm. Okay, so a total surprise. A total yeah. surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we wanted just to continue on and talk a little bit about different types. of 
of expressions, right? Related to the whole, whole idea of despedir a alguien. And mm -hmm. obviously the, the first, probably the first two that are the most common or at least quite interesting are to sack someone or to fire someone, right? And yeah. we were talking about this obviously before we recorded this episode and there are slight differences there. And we kind of felt that sack was probably something that is used more in the UK, don't you think? Yeah, I think in the United States, they never use sack with mm. that meaning. They say to fire someone. And in Britain, we use fire also. But I think in Britain, more commonly, we would say sack. Mm. But definitely, I think in the USA, they I've never somebody in the USA use sack. So yeah, they use one word to fire someone. So you are you have been fired from your job. Mm. And in Britain, we say fired. But we all I think you said fired when you told your story. Sure. But lots of British people very often would say, oh, I've been sacked. I don't know where it comes from. It's one maybe we need to research for another yes. episode. Yeah. Or our listeners could research where, where does that come from to be, to be sacked. I always imagine you're literally given a sack yeah. and told, clear your things from your desk, put them in the sack and get out. That's right. Uh, yeah. But I've no idea if that is actually true. That's just something you can imagine. You can imagine that, absolutely. Mm. Often that actually does sort of, mm. it's sort of implied really, partly because mm. if you are sacked, then often you have to leave the building very quickly, don't yeah. you? You're not, you're not allowed to, to hang around. So, so there could be a connection there completely, yeah. Could be. And fire, um, well, it's just the idea, firing a gun. Sure. So it's like you've been killed, obviously, mm. metaphorically. Yeah. Like you're out of the office and you've lost your job. So these are both very informal, we have to say. Yes. So, you know, a lawyer in legal terminology would not use sacked and fired. They would use the word dismissed. That's right. So dismissed right. is really a universal word you can use anywhere in the English-speaking world, yeah. and everyone would understand it. And a lawyer in a legal situation, they would say you've been dismissed. But then informally, people say sacked and fired, and sacked is particularly British. I think in Australia, New Zealand, for example, they would also use sacked. But USA, definitely not. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it dismisses kind of that a little bit more formal. It yeah. uh, certainly would be something that most human resources uh, professionals should know uh, in terms of that particular word because it's just it just kind of gives another uh, different type of perception, right? It's the, the, the idea of sacking someone or firing someone is something maybe the way that you would describe it to your friend, as you were mentioning before, yeah. right? But but in this particular, most most of the time you would you would say, I had to dismiss this individual last week or something like that right so it's much Definitely. more it's much much better word to use in a, in a formal context than, as you say also legal context yeah it's far too informal for it for human resources when they have to dismiss people and they have to inform them both verbally and in writing you'd use the word dismiss because it's That's the legal right. terminology it's the correct word sacking and and firing yeah very informal the, the, the person dismissed Hi there, just a very quick interruption. Hopefully you're able to understand everything in this episode, but if you need a little extra help, then you can download the transcript totally free and read along as we speak. If you're interested, just go to the show notes and find the link. Now let's get back to the show. I may then obviously say to their friends, family, colleagues, oh, I've been sacked. I've been fired. Also, if it's a boss who's very angry, if you've done something wrong and a boss, you see this in films, particularly American movies, yeah, where the boss, you know, there's a big argument or somebody's done something really bad and the boss just says to them in front of everyone shouting, you're fired, 
Yeah. <laughs> but that's obviously not how human resources would sit down with you in an interview to inform you in a formal, correct, legal way. Of course. That's yeah. somebody losing <laughs> losing control and, you're fired, you're sacked, get out. Yeah. That yeah. happens in movies. Well, it occasionally happens in real life, I'm sure. For sure. Luckily, it's never happened to me, but I'm sure <laughs> when you were informed in that job, the person probably didn't use that language to you. Hey, you're sacked. No, they it's didn't very actually. Informal. No, it's very informal, yes. And it would kind of almost be sort of uh, unprofessional, bit, right? Very, yeah. yeah, a bit unprofessional, yeah. yes, yeah. to, to use yeah. that language. In fact, I think the actual terminology that they used with me is they probably didn't use any of those words and mm. probably they didn't even use dismiss because even, I mean, that is something that is almost often used to describe the situation afterwards. But what, yeah, what he... writing. Yes. And what he actually uh, told me, I think, was the specific phrase, which is, we have to let you go, right? Oh, or classic. We, <laughs> yes. We have to let you go, which is kind of like a little bit softer, a little bit nicer, mm. especially when you're speaking, obviously, directly to that individual, right? And I think I used that uh, phrase also when I explained my story. And so, so that's, that's, it's, a, it's an expression that is very, very useful. And I think that is, I don't know whether it would be used equally in the UK and the US. I'm not well, sure. Well, it's a euphemism, so, isn't it? Because yeah. they don't have to let you go. Well, they of course, that's right. They want to let you go. They're dismissing <laughs> yeah, you. Right. But they, it sounds much nicer and, you know, oh, we have, we're sorry, we have to let you go. Yeah. As if it's an obligation. You're like, oh, okay, thank you. You don't have to let me go, but you're choosing to do so. Yeah. So it's a way to make it sound much softer, much nicer than you're dismissed or yes. you're fired, which sound very, very hard, yeah. very personal, no? Well, that's right. In fact, it's also quite interesting to note that you can actually use that in common conversation as well, right? Like if you meet somebody in the, in the street and you say, like, you're kind of mm -hmm. in a bit of a rush, you can say, oh, I have to let you go. I need to rush to the shops or something like that. It's you know? true so, to end a conversation. Yeah, to end a conversation. You, you need to so, escape. You yeah. Say, Sorry, I'll have to let you, or on the telephone, I'll have to let you go. Yeah. I've got to do something. Yeah. It's kind of is is it's interesting that they're kind of used in the, in both of those contexts, and it kind of almost I have to let you go. It kind of almost implies that it's in being imposed by somebody else. You know that is yeah. it's not well, it's not your decision almost. You know, yeah. but kind of external factors are being placed on on the on well the, in a business in a company sense. That's what it means. It's you know, really what they're saying is because of economic factors or money or whatever it may be. Hmm. They, they don't want you to continue in this post. Am I saying we have to let you go? It's sort of saying, well, there are factors beyond our control yeah. or, or not beyond our control. But yeah, it sort of takes away some of the, for the person having to give the bad news, the human mm. resources manager yeah. or whoever it is, it's sort of saying, well, you know, it's not my fault. I'd love to keep you here, but, you know, we have to let you go. Exactly. exactly so it's right. easy for them to give that bad news using that kind of euphemistic language, you know? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's that's a good one. Definitely. I mean, certainly uh, an interesting expression. Obviously, there are others too. You can also make someone redundant, which is also slightly different, right? Because mm. to make someone redundant is very much connected to market conditions, right? It's yeah. kind of the idea that the conditions of the market have changed. Maybe the market has, uh, there's less work available because of these changes. Uh, a certain number of individuals will no longer be required in the, in the company right and so you'd have yeah. to make them redundant because of that particular yeah, issue well redundant redundant you know it's like obsolete yeah. actually it's uh, it's quite a cruel word because the idea that you say i am redundant i've been made redundant mm. so it's like i am no longer 
required. But obviously, it's not you as an individual who's redundant. It's your work. It's your post. Mm. So your exactly. work or your post is no longer required by the company. Not you as a person. But it sounds quite hard to say that a person is redundant, like you are no longer wanted. No. Yeah. But it's yeah. not personal. It's you've been a very good worker. We really were really grateful for what you've done. They've got no problems with you. You 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 do your job well. But because of the economic situation, the crisis, the recession, reorganization in the company, some kind of reason, usually economic, unfortunately, you know, we can't afford to keep paying you. It's to save costs. So to reduce costs in the company, that post, that position disappears. So obviously the person also disappears. Exactly, yeah. That is yeah, the way yeah. it works. So obviously they do not replace you. If you're fired, sacked, dismissed, they replace you with somebody else. So it's sure. you who is fired for some reason because you I don't know you're not good at the job or you're always late or well all kinds of reasons for some yeah. reason they do not want to continue with you and they contract or hire to use the correct word they hire somebody else but if you're made redundant it's your post it's your job that disappears so they do not replace you they can't legally sure that would be illegal to replace somebody you're making redundant it's sure. a it's a false redundancy no it's not true yeah yeah yeah, exactly. That yes. Yeah. So, so all these all these all these different types of terms have or slightly different meanings, right? And you have to be sometimes quite specific yeah. and under, understand the the different term terminologies quite uh, clearly. There's another one that's kind of very interesting in English, which is called gardening leave. Now, I mean, for for most uh, of our listeners, that would be kind of a maybe probably a new term, right? Uh, something that is kind of seems very strange because what what why would you refer to an any sort of gardening in terms of something related to a job, right? And the fact that you no longer have to go to work or no longer allowed to go to work. And and this is kind of an interesting one, right? Because it's it's often given to people when uh, the company decides that they would like you to leave, but at the same time, they don't want to finish your contract immediately. So they basically put you on gardening leave. But it's a kind of uh, a very strange term, don't you think? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you don't have to be gardening. There's no obligation to work <laughs> That's in the true, garden. Yeah. Sounds very, very British or very English, doesn't it? Because it does. It does. British absolutely. people in general are obsessed with gardening. It's a national pastime. That's right. Which is probably why they use that expression, gardening leave. So, yeah, you can go home and, you know, you'll have plenty of free time to work in the garden, as most <laughs> people in Britain live in houses with gardens. Yes. And spend a lot of time gardening. Yeah. So that's probably why they use that word. So it sounds, yes, slightly strange. Why would you send somebody home to to, to do their hobby? To Why yeah. not listening to music or reading books, but not gardening? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly, exactly. It, seem, it seems very, very strange. But the connection surely must be related to that idea, right? The, the, that most people in the UK live in maybe houses i would say that's probably uh, the vast yeah, majority vast majority and so most people have a garden whether it's yeah. a big one or a small one but most of them size. do yeah. yeah and so you know it's not it's not impossible for somebody to go home and most of them will, will would actually be Spend able to some do time gardening sure <laughs> that's right well, well english pe british people are very very proud of their gardens that's true and they yeah. look after them yeah. and i know spanish people my my wife when she first went to england one of the things that was a culture shock or really she found very different or strange was was the fact that the front gardens of people's houses generally do not have walls they're open to the street yeah so you can walk in the street and you can see everybody's garden is open to the street and she was like but you could 
you could just walk in their garden and you could vandalize it. You could steal the flowers or they say, sure. yeah, you could, but generally people don't do that. They respect no. the gardens. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. occur to anyone. And people are very proud. They want people to see their beautiful lawn and their beautifully cut and their flowers and and it's almost a competition between neighbors looking at each other's <laughs> lawns and their, who's That's got true. the best garden or the best kept garden yeah yeah so yeah so these people a, are very proud yeah of, of their gardens and they want people to look at them and see them yeah, exactly. As you say, a national pastime, certainly something exactly. that's very specific, right, to, mm. to to the UK. And kind of continuing on that uh, same vein, right, in terms of leave, obviously there are many different types of leave that are much more common than gardening mm. leave, right? And it's kind of just important to highlight those different elements of leave. Obviously, you can have holiday leave, right? You can have sick leave, you can have maternity leave or paternity leave, all mm. of which are kind of quite similar in Spanish. So it's kind of like not not too difficult to, to connect them there. But the key word is leave there, right? Because that is sometimes quite difficult for Spanish speakers to get a grasp and hold yeah. of, get hold of. Also to understand, because many times when I say leave, they understand live, L-I-V-E, ah, yeah, sure. sure. yeah. instead of leave, L-E-A-V-E, sure. which is from the, you know, to dejar or salir. I suppose has dejado el trabajo. Well, you're not at work, you've left work. Yeah. Although in this sense, is usually temporary, not left work permanently. I imagine that's the origin of using the word leave. It's true. Yeah. Again, I'm guessing here. So yeah, all these, it's an absence, no? Ausencia. So when you're not at work, for some reason, you're absent, holiday, you're ill, sick, paternity, maternity, as you mentioned, all these are forms of leave, absence from work. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. exactly. You can also say to be off work perhaps slightly more slightly more informal maybe leave is a bit more formal so you'd say i'm off work sick or ill i'm off work i've taken the day off work for some reason yeah so it's like holiday no taking holiday leave is to be off work on holiday so there's it's, two two expressions you can use no? yeah absolutely yeah very all yeah so that both, both of those work absolutely fine as you said leave a little bit maybe a bit more formal off i'm off work at the moment maybe something you would say maybe more to your friend or something like that so so yeah that's uh, both of those very important to to remember partly because it's sometimes difficult to connect them right because in 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 spanish you would say estoy de baja and that that can sometimes cause some issues right because spanish speakers have that in in their mind estoy de baja and mm. uh, it's kind of maybe difficult to connect that through to this word of leave or, or you to know, be off or to be off yeah yeah because yeah, we don't have we don't use the word baja which that's right means, you know low or down or that's so there is no right. word baja in that sense so yeah you have to say so está de baja de well baja de enfermedad or baja de maternidad so we just say, yeah, as we said before, you know, sick leave um, or maternity leave, etc., or you're yeah. off work sick. So you have yeah. to use a sentence, you know, it's a phrase, not just a word, baja. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, you have the complication of, again, with Spanish speakers, with the translation of alta. Yeah. Because they're opposites, the baja and the alta. Exactly. And that yeah. perhaps the alta is even more difficult for Absolutely. English to translate into English. 
That's right. That's right. Because it's kind of a word that's very, very useful in Spanish, you know, and and commonly used, right? But then to actually translate that uh, into English can be uh, a little bit difficult. So, for example, if you've been off work for a while and you want to go back to the, you want to go back to work because you're kind of bored at home and you kind of feel as mm. if you want to get going again. And in Spanish, obviously, you would go to the doctor to get the alta, right? Mm. And and we we talked about this in the uh, before, right? And it's just quite difficult to think of an English equivalent in in that particular case. It's yes. something that we have, I've actually, it's literally happened to me where I've had to try to explain the process of getting the alta in English and I've kind of struggled. Yeah, it's difficult because I think in, well, I, I was, when I worked in UK, which is a long time ago, I was never ill or sick, well, maybe one day, but I never really needed, for example, I, ne I don't think I ever went to the doctor to ask for so the bacha would be a sick certificate or a sick note yeah from the doctor that gives you permission that you can show to your employer that you are sick and then they'll give you a sick you say i've got a sick note from the doctor or a sick certificate for i don't know five days or a week uh, which is your bacha no yeah but then if it's five days and at the end of the five days you're you're feeling fine you're feeling well you you just go back to work and the concept yeah. of going to the doctor to ask I don't well I've never done that in my life so I don't I don't think you need to do it you just basically go back to work when the sick certificate expires at the end sure. of the period sure I think if that's you're how still, it works yes yeah, yeah. you just go yeah. back to work and if you feel sick you go back to the doctor and you ask for an extension can you extend my my sick certificate that's right and then the doctor right. will look at you examine you and say yeah okay I'll give you another week yeah. or no they could refuse say no I think you're perfectly okay you can go back to work. Yeah. So your sick note expires and you go back to work. But this, so the concept of the alta, we don't really have a word or, or even the concept. That's right. Extent. That's right. And that's kind of just super interesting, right? Because when maybe a process doesn't exist in one particular country, the yeah. word also doesn't exist. Yeah, there's no word for it. <laughs> there's no actual word for it because nobody needs to do it. Yeah. So it's kind that of is often quite... a problem, isn't it, with translating? That you yeah. Say, yeah. Okay, I know what you mean. Living in Spain, I know those words and I know how you use them. And they're very useful, as you say, baja and alta. Yeah. And used in other circumstances as well. It's not just to do with work. Like uh, the Alta in in when a website. A, oh yes, exactly. How would That's you say it. that in? Well, yeah. La Alta. No? Yeah, exactly. Which means you basically would sign up, I think, on a on a website because, or you can sign in, but sign in and sign up is slightly different because sign in implies that you've already signed up, <laughs> and you have to enter your right. password now to yes. enter the site. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, that that is also a, a very interesting one. It kind of takes on that 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 idea of alta y baja, but but is in, in a different context, right? And it's, it's first, you'd sign up, which is give your details. Maybe you have to give your email, your name, and address. And then exactly. once you become a, I don't know, a member, or you're signed up for the website, you can use it. Maybe each time you enter, you have to sign in with your exactly. password. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. else? No, you I mean, I think, mm. I think I think that's kind of also a good example of how you can, you know, just small prepositions in English make a big difference, right, as well. And of course, prepositions are always like a, a mm. key difficult thing for, for Spanish speakers, because, you know, they can they can make such a difference. And, and mm. these 
they're tiny tiny words but they can make it such a big difference to meaning right but we also talked about obviously the old idea of when you have some sort of utilities you know so gas mm. or water or and you might have a particular contract there you would that the whole concept of alta y baja can also apply right yeah when you rent or buy a new flat new house and you need to in spanish you'd say you know Dasil Alta, no? Yeah. To get your, what we call the utility companies. So gas, water, telephone, electricity. So the basic supply of those services to your residents. And you have to contact the utility companies and enter into a contract with them for for the supply for of gas, electricity, etc. for a service, no? So how would you say that in, in English? It's a well, there are obviously you could sign the contract. Basically, if you're going, the, if you're talking about the alta, then you could just we basically would just say sign the contract. I haven't signed yeah. the contract yet, so that again is kind of difficult to link across. It's true because you're you're thinking, okay, how do you say alta? But really, in that case, you have to talk about a contract and the fact yeah. that you've signed it or not. So imagine that you somebody asks you, have you have you kind of have you signed up for the for the gas and water yet? And you would say, no, I haven't signed up yet uh, that's yeah. why i don't have any you know i don't have yeah. the water there's no water at the moment because i haven't yeah, signed up i haven't you know? signed the contract yet yeah. yeah yeah you're entering into a legal contract for the supply of services to your residents and exactly. you have to pay off and you have to give your bank account details so they can take the money every month directly exactly. from your bank account yeah so basically yeah yeah you you enter into a contract so yeah, you sign a contract for supply of gas electricity water with the utility company Exactly. And then, of course, you have the opposite. Yes. Darse de Bach, Alta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so in this, you also obviously have, yeah, you have that, but then also you have the cancelling the contract, right? You yeah. have to, you have to cancel the contract, and that would be the Bacha. But, you know, like, very, very tricky, very tricky, can be really tricky to get those connections right and uh, understand exactly what type of terminology you have to use, right? But but certainly, yeah, good to keep in mind. Yeah. Well, um, I got confused there, I've just noticed, because I said, when you end it is the altar, is the other way around. Yes, exactly. So the altar is the signing the contract, and then obviously exactly. when you end or you could say terminate, which sounds very formal, very legal, Yeah. terminate the contract, end the contract, is exactly. when you do the Bacha, no? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Terminate the contract, cancel the contract. Cancel, uh, well, maybe, is the yeah, word. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it could be cancel or could be terminate. I mean, actually, terminate sounds a little bit more probably correct, actually. Well, more um, legal sounds. Yes, like. yes, yes, yes. It's actually probably the, the, the better uh, use of, of phraseology, let's say. But yeah, perfect. Okay, so... That's that was our little review of those specific types of expressions all related to that situation and story that I explained last time. But what we wanted to do quickly at the end of this episode is just refer to a few comments made by our listeners. So let's go uh, through a few of those. okay, Alistair. And I think what we'll start with is a comment made by Guadalupe who mentioned the whole idea of estrenar, which is obviously something that we covered in, in our first episode. And she came up with a very good alternative, which we didn't cover, which was which is the whole idea of something being brand new. Yeah, we didn't think of that one. Thank you, Guadalupe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's very useful to have the feedback from our listeners yeah. with suggestions for... So yeah, you could say, I've just got a brand new car, brand new pair of shoes. So something brand, it's nothing to do with, but it could be confusing with the word brand. Yeah. So you're not referring to the brand 
of the make of the shoes, no, the the brand name of yeah. your car or like whatever Volkswagen BMW is a brand. Yeah. So you say this car is brand new. It just means it's de estreno, no, it's a, a new car that you've exactly. just bought. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good suggestion, I have to say. It's yeah. just, both Thank of us didn't, looking. yeah, we didn't think about it at all. But when we saw it, uh, we both thought, yeah, that is a really good alternative to Estrenar. So, so thank you very much, Guadalupe. And then there was another email about the whole concept of the town hall, which, which is a term that you came across, but I yeah. wasn't sure about. And also a friend of mine also mentioned that it, it do, uh, does exist. So that, that was perfect to hear that it was actually something that is used quite well. I don't know whether commonly or, or yeah, maybe not frequently, commonly, but, but, but I brought it up because I remembered one of my students had mentioned it to me in the past. And then I started doubting. I said, I don't, I didn't exactly know what it meant, mm. but it was an English expression being used by in Spanish Spanish speakers and obviously town hall is the ayuntamiento so I was confused like what's a town hall meeting it didn't make any sense to me yeah uh, but then I started doubting that maybe I'd, I'd imagined it so I'm not going crazy thank you for the <laughs> person emailing in to confirm that this expression does actually exist and exactly. it's used in business and yeah. the definition that they gave us what did yes I think it was something to do with a yeah, like a large-scale meeting, was it like that? Or something? Yeah, a, you I, we discussed it before. Yeah. We, I think they said it was a department meeting where some you discuss sort of overall achievements, strategy, challenges from the top down. So maybe it's a meeting with a... If your company is part of a bigger group, a big multinational, could be some big meeting from the, the headquarters where everybody connects to the meeting if it's remote or to talk about challenges, achievements, maybe results of the company. Yeah. And he said they're usually on a quarterly basis or, right. or it depends now on the company. So yeah. it's that kind of meeting to pass down information, share information from top to bottom. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So that what well, means certainly was new for me. So very, very, very interesting. Yeah, term thank you there. to that listener for yeah, for that absolutely. definition. Absolutely. And then there was also Raquel, who uh, obviously was listening to us when the when we discussed a particular term, which was furniture. I think it was, and the whole it was idea about count, of the confusion yes, with countables, countable, uncountables. countables, exactly. So mobiles. Um, Yes, and Raquel actually suggested one particular word that would actually help uh, Spanish speakers kind of get that little, kind of like a little trick, basically, which is the word in Spanish is mobiliario, okay? Yeah. And that particular word and the framed, let's say, uh, is a good way of thinking or avoiding that mistake of uncountable and countable with furniture, right? Yeah, because she pointed out that mobiliario is uncountable in Spanish too, mm -hmm. and instead of thinking it as thinking of the concept of furniture as muebles, which is countable, to think of it more of mobiliario. Mobiliario is things that can be moved, so furniture, but it's an uncountable concept. No, it's all your furniture, all your muebles is your mobiliario, mm -hmm. and they have the opposite in mobiliario. So like an estate agent or real estate agent mm -hmm. is an immobiliaria because things that can't be moved, so property, land, buildings, is the opposite, no? So if yeah. you think of furniture in terms of mobiliaria, things that can be moved, it's a similar concept to English. So that could help you in Spanish, thinking in Spanish of not committing the mistake of saying a furniture exactly. or two furnitures. That's right. Because it's all mobiliaria, no? 
That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a, a really great tip great there. Suggestion. From, absolutely. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Raquel, for that particular one. So yeah, uh, what I would say is if there are any listeners out there who uh, would like to give us any more inspiration, then definitely mm-hmm. send us your tips, uh, yeah. ideas, questions. We definitely want to hear from all yeah. of you. And obviously, they'll, you'll get the email at the end of this episode. Yeah, they're very welcome. Absolutely. Contributions people want to make. Absolutely. So there you go, Alistair. Thank you once again for uh, uh, taking some time to chat with me today. That's it for this particular episode, but we'll be uh, back again next week. So until then, we'll we'll speak soon. Cheers. Bye. All right. See you then. Bye-bye.